Hello there, ladies and gentlemen. On today's episode of Interest Podcast, we are going to be joined by our school's Dimoch. For once, um, I will be hosting today's talk. Sweet to me, your one and only audio editor. I'm here as well. It's talk. <laughs> yes, and hi. Dimoch is here too. <laughs> yes, so Dimoch, why don't you start off by introducing yourself if people somehow don't know you already? Well, most probably people don't know me. Uh, except for my high schoolers. I don't even know how many people listen to the podcast. And if, there, if there's anyone who listens uh, to it who is not in Iceland, Lemons are in 12th grade. So uh, I hope so. I'm not going to bore you to death by repeating my life story again. Uh, it's, it's pretty boring. I've been around at uh, school, I think it's by six years now. I've been running this big club for five years plus. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I also happen to be a school counselor, me and I'm a university guidance counselor, and I work with my uh, seniors uh, and guide them on um, their journey towards college. So basically, if you are primary school teachers, uh, reach you to school, I'm the one who is there to teach you farewell. And the last one to have a stick on your life. Yes, and I'm uh, the last one to have a stick on your life. Oh yeah, I'm a, lawyer by, I'm a lawyer by profession. I am admitted to the bar of New York State. Uh, apparently it's a lifetime achievement, apparently, I don't even know, but I'm not a practicing lawyer. I don't remember much of what anymore, okay, uh, I do, but anyway, I'm not a practicing lawyer. So, how long would you say you've debated for? Well, I must say that, I must, you know, I have a confession to make. Which is, uh, you may as well think that I'm an imposter and how come someone who never debated in high school is running to take club now? Because when I was in high school, we didn't have to debate, so we only had to know uh, debate sessions, what we call English class, uh, which were run by our uh, Peace Corps American volunteer teacher, Whitney. Uh, it was really, it was really uh, cool. We, we would be in abortion, or we almost got into a peace fight uh, with the girls, because I was in favor of abortion. Apparently, our girls were against. Which is super counterintuitive, right? Anyway, uh, since, uh, since those times, I, I would say uh, my main claim for credibility as a debate coach would only rest on my legal credentials because lawyering and debating are very much alike. Wait, we also have a Peace Corps English teacher as well, Mr. Mason, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, wait, how come he doesn't make us debate? Well, he actually does, uh, the, uh, he actually makes people debate. I'm not sure if you guys did it this year, because as far as I remember, last year one of the assignments in the English language competition was a debate, but it was a fun debate on, about, you know, what was it? Uh, it's better to be good, uh, it's better to be good and super and dumb rather than to be clever and evil, something. Hmm. Uh -huh. Yeah, he does. Uh, Wait, so does that mean if kids join the debate club, it can also help them in AP English? It's supposed to help you in many things, because uh, debating is, is based on all your main core qualifications, right? I mean, core skills, or language skills. So basically, uh, thinking, uh, think about it. I mean, if you think about TOEFL or any English proficiency testing, right? They're all based on four core skills. Reading, Listening, speaking, and writing. 
It doesn't speak in one of the Yes, there is a speaking section. Oh, uh-huh. So at this point in time, what Bing gives you is actually helps you prepare for, for all four. Because when you do your research, you enrich your vocabulary, you read a lot, uh, and you get, uh, get so much knowledge and information. And then you're supposed to analyze and synthesize uh, the, the information back, right? So, and then you work on your speeches, you write your speeches, which is your writing, and then you say your speeches, which is your speaking, and then in, in an actual, in a real-time debate setting, you're also supposed to listen in real time and then respond, which actually is by far the most important thing that you will need in your The case is looking pretty stacked against Nimoch, right? Because he's, he's given us all these big promises of improving and everything, but all we've heard is that if you show up to debate, you get in arguments and fistfights. So what, what actually happens? <laughs> well, actually, uh, well, first of all, obviously you do gain academically a lot. So, as I was saying, debating improves your core skills, verbal skills, writing skills, and research skills. Mm -hmm. So basically what you end up doing, it turns into a more well-rounded person who is also more in tune with what's happening around the world and around ourselves now. Because the thing is not only about you know, uh, things like abortions or uh, death penalty, mm -hmm. a lot of times we also debate topics more like philosophical or about or life-based life -based topics, right? Things on discrimination, or things like why should we do it, or why should, should, should we do your homework, or what is more important, my self-interest, or collective interest, right? So all of this, what is more important to you or the individual? And you, and you, and you are you're being trained to look at things from multiple perspectives. Because you can never be put in a single box, because you can never know if you're going to proposition or opposition. If you're going to uh, debate in favor or against something. And therefore, you do get a more holistic view uh, of the world. That's the first one. So academically, you do gain a lot. But second of all, as hobbies debate club, uh, we're known, uh, we used to call ourselves the club when you get, but I think we're, most probably, some people don't find us, find us to be uh, cool kids anyway, but whatever. Uh, we want to be uh, you know, delusional uh, as, as well as the level of our opponent. But I do, I, I still do believe that we are one of the coolest clubs as hobbies, and we're one of the friendliest ones. 
So we actually welcome every single new member as a, as a family member. And there's, as you know, uh, this huge, um, an, an, an entire lineage of uh, debaters, hobby debaters of different generations, who I believe will will be supporting each other as they, as they go forward. So it, it's, it's something that is so unifying. Uh, hobby in many ways, for some students, is almost synonymous with the dating or the dating experience, right? especially in the high school years. Uh, for them, it's a very it's a very important experience for a lot of our educators. And that's going to be, you know, this thing that uh, unites them as they, as they grow up. Uh, you know, I believe Defense Secretary, U.S. Defense Secretary Donald Rumsfeld, uh, I mean, he wrote in his memoirs about how he became the youngest congressman to ever be elected in the United States from Chicago. Uh, and he was 29 when he got first elected to the Congress. So, how he made it was that he was on Princeton's wrestling team. So, as, a, as an unknown young politician, his friends recommended him to meet an owner uh, of one of the major Chicago newspapers. It was a long time ago, back when everyone read newspapers. So, he asked for an appointment, and then uh, the other guy only agreed because they were both on Princeton's wrestling team. But the other guy was obviously way longer away because he didn't know him. So he had to know a lot of people, like common acquaintances. And then the other guy really wanted to see him. And uh, how he describes the meeting was that uh, the other guy never even asked him about his uh, election platform, uh, his agenda, or anything. So uh, he spent two hours of lunch talking about their days wrestling at Princeton. And the next day, uh, Chicago's second largest newspaper came with a headline saying, vote for Donald Rumsfeld. So I do hope that maybe, obviously, that this sounds a little bit iffy, right? But anyway, I hope, I, I do believe that there's a certain level of affinity and, uh, uh, and an admiration for each and every one of the debaters from uh, different generations, and it should help you in life. And number three, uh, yeah, we're cool, uh, we're smart, and we're also, the debate club uh, is also where you get spend your time meaningfully. So basically, I was, I, I was thinking about those arguments as I was sitting here, and then I realized that maybe I don't have a third argument. Oh, mm -hmm. um, can your third argument be about like skills that you can gain or you need to be a debater? Or oh. to join our club, right? So basically, so that, that wouldn't be like a real third argument, right? So my real third argument would be something more, I don't know, some, some stakeholder. Yes, let's put it on the Okay, let's use the stakeholder analysis, right? And okay. let's suppose that the main stakeholder for my third argument is a student who is not a national Mm -hmm. So basically, is a student who is probably not the best student in his or her English class. Mm -hmm. So the premise of this argument is that debating is what will improve you, but it does not necessarily require, require natural talent. Ah. Because debating is what you do in order to improve on what 
and how you identify your weakness. For example, based on my experience, like five, uh, over the last five years, my best debaters overall have all been more like dark horse, dark horses, people whom you would never think would be would become the best debaters in town. Right? Okay. Uh, first example, Oyoka, who is now uh, running for um, uh, the, uh, the college student senate president, the presidency at uh, Bates College, and who was uh, on the first WCC team Mongolia that broke at the world, right? When she first joined the Bates Club, she was very passionate about it, but she just couldn't speak. Meaning, she was already fluent in English, but she was so monotonous. Oh, oh my God, what if, she, what if she hears me, whatever. But I would say, you know, uh, the progress that she made, like the improvement uh, that she made was just meteoric in many ways. So from a very shy kid who had trouble maintaining eye contact during her speeches, she turned into this debate powerhouse. Uh, same with Ochir, who just joined us in the demonstration who was first speakers, probably two minutes long, right? And now, and you guys all know how to debate now. And even Anoka, right, who has been uh, was with us for four years, for the first, for, for almost two years, she never spoke a word. She would just sit there. And whenever I asked her, would you like to, you know, debate, she would say, she would just uh, shake her head. And then at some point in time, uh, uh, debating, you know, just being there, being uh, around this super supporting community, helped her to uh, go out of her comfort zone, and she turned into this very uh, assertive debater. So yes, uh, debating is not about what you have, it's about what you want to have. It's about working for your dreams, and it's also about dreams. It's also about being uh, your natural intellectual uh, curiosity. If you're interested about the things that you, that you see around you, if you want to know what other people think, right? This is then you should, then you should probably come and join the debate club. And yes, we're we're also some of the best students in the, the school anyway, academically. Ooh. All right. Uh, to the viewers, I can confirm that the debate club is a very supportive community because I'm also a member there. And um, even though I was new, it, it was a very fun area. It was easy for me to blend in. So. If anybody is worried about that, no worries. Well, I actually have a fourth, you know, argument too, right? Okay. Which is, just like any, uh, people might think that debating is all about, oh, a talk show, right? People are just chit-chatting, uh, talking about why, why, why something is good, why something is bad. But actually, it's a very serious competitive sport. Competitive indeed. Yes, it's very competitive. And we actually get, as, as, as hobbyists debate club, we actually get to go you know, to different international competitions. These days we only do it online, which is awesome because it's cheap. Yeah. But, but <laughs> in the past, when it was not cheap, we used to travel all the way to Europe or to Japan or to China or Thailand to debate and to meet all those awesome you know, debaters from around the world. Yeah, wait. So in the upcoming years, if COVID is like all better, does that mean we will have a chance to go abroad? Well, I hope, uh, well, I hope so. Uh -huh. I certainly hope so because while I think we should still be doing a lot of online competitions, because they're, again, they're yeah. cheaper, right? 
we should at least do we should at least do one or two you know non WTC tournaments a uh -huh. year so that we get to you know become part of that huge it's global community of educators. Uh you could uh who I was talking about, right? She met a uh debater from Mexico, from the from the international team of Mexico during WTC uh last year. And they're both going to uh, Bates. Oh. And now running, they're running the co-presidency of, of, of Bates College. Yeah, student, student seven. So, you see, and then, uh, she also ran into a guy from Team Hong Kong, and mm -hmm. they, they formed the team together at Glasgow. Okay. So, it's, it's basically like this huge global community of smart kids who get to know about each other. That is very cool. So, so far, um, what we can analyze to the viewers is we can notice how our guest Nimla actually goes like my first argument, my second argument, or my third argument. And this is a very debater thing to do. It's called signposting, and it makes it really easier for people to understand. And I think I would like to applaud you for this. <laughs> I would like to applaud you for that great debate. Um, and so, um, yeah, why did you create the club to begin with then, if you could have just kept lawyering, for example? Well, I have a confession to make. First of all, I didn't create the club. Uh, obviously, obviously, what? Yes, I never created the club. The uh, plot twist. Yes, yeah, it's a twist, right? A plot twist. So the club has been around for a very, very long time. So the club was actually created by some, by a man called Danny Bissett. And Danny Bissett was Hobby's vice principal. He taught science, I think he taught basically pretty much everything. Uh, he was an incredibly passionate and incredibly intelligent uh, young man from Canada. So he created the debate club, mm -hmm. and he was the one who trained the first generation of hobby debaters. And the first generation of hobby debaters, people like the Boom, Dodd, and uh, and you know all those people, right? all the legends. All the legends. Uh, they were the ones who first went to the World Sports Debate Championships, right? Uh, they're the ones who first got into Harvard, for example. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yes. So the, the club has been around for a very long time. So it's one of the most, uh, one of the proudest clubs and traditions at, of our school. Uh, what happened to me was that. I've always been fascinated with this whole debating thing that was happening in Hobby because I remember you know, seeing them debate uh, before and I was, uh, I was just uh, blown away. So I was in the middle of jobs. Uh, I just left my, my latest gig um, at Corporate Wales, the head uh, of legal at a, uh, at a mining company called South Pacific Sands, where we were doing this in Toronto and Hong Kong. But anyway, so I was on my way out of there, and I was basically hunting, job hunting for my for my next gig. And in the meantime, I decided, why don't I just go because I'm a lawyer and help out with the debate club? Mm -hmm. Because I had the experience of organizing EPL for for hobby, helping hobby organizing EPL. They're coming up a lot of uh, uh, judges uh, from different corporations, uh, people graduating in the states. EPL is like Atlanta uh, Thirds. To uh, the big competition. Yes. Uh, so, and then uh, I became an assistant coach. Uh, there was another coach actually uh, who was around. 
But then, yeah, so I, I, was, I, was, I was an assistant coach and it just happened that uh, the other coach uh, resigned and there was no one to take over. And because I already fell in love with the club, what it does, and with the kids, uh, I just didn't have any other choice but to stay. And uh, the second uh, factor that kept me around uh, and made me basically reject uh, any job that was coming my way, basically all corporate jobs, right? Uh, and some government uh, civil service jobs too. Was, was the fact that the next year um, our school council also resigned. Oh. And I didn't know that until maybe September 5th when I ran into him. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, by the way, did you know that I was resigning? I said, no. And now I was a real council, so you got to make sure that this kid goes to college. So this kid thought, he just at me. Uh, and it was, uh, so I just had to basically learn a lot of new things. And that's how I ended up being hobbies uh, guidance counselor and uh, remained hobbies big coach. It has been the most important career ever. I would say, basically in terms of satisfaction, right, uh, job satisfaction, it, it is by far the most satisfying job that I've ever had. And I have multiple jobs. <laughs> I must admit. Because the thing about Working at a school is that you get to meet new people every year, first, and but second, you also get to see how they grow as individuals and as academics. So basically, you know, this the reward is the impact, which, uh, your, your, your impact, right, is immediately quantifiable and recognizable. So basically, you see this kid who couldn't maybe uh, put two, two words together and then they turn into these amazing debaters. Mm -hmm. And then you know that maybe I have something to do about it, right? Mm -hmm. or, and you see a kid who, was, who, was, who wasn't sure whether they wanted to go to college or not. And, and then they just uh, go somewhere, right? And you now know maybe I have some influence on that, on that kid. So that, that is incredibly satisfying. The problem I had when I was a diplomat at the initial point of person, I was posted in New York at the firm mission to the United Nations, was that I could never see what the actual impact of my work was. I was just pushing papers. I was writing speeches, talking points, right? I, I, I attended, you know, uh, United Nations General Assembly meetings every day, and they can be incredibly long and boring. Uh, and yes, I debated with other people, you know, negotiated with diplomats from other countries. But I could never really see like the real impact of what I that. Whereas my current job is where I can see like the real impact, and it's a beautiful impact. Because uh, in my corporate jobs, it was all about money, how much money I need to save, how much money I need to right? Now it's more about, I think it's more wholesome in many ways. Wait, but if you keep making like huge impact over and over again, doesn't that become normal again? Yes, it does. Uh, it, it may get normal. However, remember, I'm not working with the same material. Right? Ah, yeah. Because every, every student is unique, and every class is unique. You get, I get to meet these really amazing, incredible people all the time. And every year, it's super exciting when the year starts because I get to know, you know, 
I never know who is going to show up when the big dog is, right? And if, 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 if it is going to survive another year. So basically, it's, it's an ongoing struggle for survival and relevancy. <laughs> but anyway, so far, so good. Oh, and uh, one thing that I would say is not that great about my job is that while every other teacher gets to have a, a enjoy a two month long, two months long vacation in summer, I never get that because the World School Division Championships is in late August. So I never get to have a vacation. Yes, sorry. I mean, if, if you find what you love, you never work a day in your life, right? Technically, and this is the reason why I never complain about about having vacations because prepping for World Schools Division Championships was one of the was one of the best experiences that that I've ever had. Just awesome. We actually do you know an in-depth research on four major topics. Last year we did one on input substitution and expert orientation. We did one on social, on legalist and legalist social justice movement. We did, we did an in-depth research on the African Union. Come on, how many people in UP would be doing research on the African Union? Probably we're the only ones who know anything about the African Union. I mean, it's just, just super, super exciting because you get, to, you get to know people and you get to basically expand your horizon. Alright, so this brings us to our last question, right? So, throughout this whole interview, we've heard that, like, you're more in tune with the world and what's happening today. Um, we do research on the African Union, and the debaters are the only ones with that information, or the very few that do have it, right? So, this all seems like a lot of research, right? But let's say maybe our viewers don't necessarily want to join debate club, but they also want to have all that information. Um, I believe since you have prepared for all these motions and know a lot about what's happening in today's world, you might have really good sources. So I was wondering if you could share those. Well, I actually have active subscriptions for The Atlantic, because I love The Atlantic, um, and I also hold an active subscription for The Economist. So, if anyone is into international relations, if you're interested in international relations, in foreign politics, or in international business, like a global um, in perspective, right? The Economist is a must read. The Economist has everything. Uh, uh, well, the only problem is you don't get to have just a few of pretty, you know, uh, Articles per month, but if you if you, if you, use, you use them use them a lot, it's pretty awesome. Uh, same with the Atlantic. And now, why am I talking about the Atlantic and the Economist in the first place? Is because those are one of some of the few publications that still maintain very high journalistic uh, standards. Uh, of and they're the ones that actually publish analytical and opinion pieces. Meaning, the difference between CNN and BBC that are free, right, is that they usually just basically give you the news. The Atlantic will not necessarily be delivering you the latest breaking news, but it will, what it does is it gives you analytical pieces. 
it analyzes the latest plan, right? So if you're, if you're more into, you know, reading, uh, if you want to, if you want to read some very insightful analysis of what's going on around us, then you go to that plan. And that is the biggest difference between, yes, for daily news, I say BBC is, BBC is awesome, CNN is awesome too. Uh, the New York Times is one of the best news, 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 newspapers out there. If you are very much into extended essay format and some, you know, beautiful prose, uh, the quality of writing is by far the best at the New Yorker. The New Yorker magazine is where you get, you know, those um, investigative journalism or uh, essays that are extended. People like Tony Hissi Coates, right, who is, uh, who is one of the most important writers on racial justice these days. He is the one who, who for example, would write for the attack of the New Yorker. I was told that Harvey School Education Gmail have a subscription to a, um, like a news outlet, right? That's for free. Oh, we actually have a free access from the school to the Financial Times. Wow. The Financial Times is an incredibly expensive publication to read. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're a hobby and if you're using the hobby, uh, what do right? you take a man, right? Yeah, with your music and then with your own story and address, yeah, Financial Times is very uh, good. And oh. when, I was, uh, when I was young, I remember reading about what Waltz was. Okay, I, was, I remember watching this, uh, this TV, you know, trivia show, and there was a question. Um, Every owner of all choice knows that uh, it's given a special uh, piece of cloth that you're supposed to wipe your windows with, right? Okay. Uh, but there's only other, there's, there's but if you, if you lost it, you can still use something else. Okay. And the correct answer choice was, you can use financial time. Because that's, that's what every billionaire must be doing. <laughs> wow. And we have it for free at Hobby. Oh, I think that maybe a wrap today sort of turned into just an overall Nimoff episode, but I think it was all good in the end. Yeah, uh, if you guys want to come down to the debate club, me and Tamer are also here, and we'll welcome you with open arms. Until I take over next year. Oh, and yeah. then it won't be so, such a supporting community anymore. Oh, while well, you may take over, remember, you will still have your supreme authority over you. <laughs> I'm always going to be around, so I'm going to uh, service your checks and balance. <laughs> um, do we have any closing remarks? All good here. All good here. Alright, um, that's a wrap for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Woo!